Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. You're listening to the Sports Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Harry Buffalo. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. Sports Fix listeners don't wait all day or all week to get in on the fun. The party doesn't stop when we go off the air all week long. The Sports Fix social media sites are your one-stop shop for all things Cleveland sports. Jump over to Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix and become a fan today because we love fans and they create some of the best sports talk in town, Daddy. You'll enjoy talking to your fellow Cleveland sports fans on The Sports Fix fan page. And if Twitter's your thing, well, you know how we do it. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. It's that simple. Twitter.com slash the Sports Fix CLE, baby. Chat live with the crew during all your favorite Cleveland sports events, tickets, and contests, and trivia, and so much more. Get with us today, the Sports Fix on social media, Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. Join, Join the, the Sports, sports Fix, fix on, on Facebook and Twitter today. Hi, I'm Hector Maris. Live in Ohio. The Here we are. Don't go anywhere. We're here. Welcome in to the Sports Fix. J-Rock with you. Let me tell you. A crazy uh, last run up to the show here. Today's show is going to be uh, it's going to be all over the place. Uh, on my end, anyway. Hopefully, a smooth transition between things on your end. It's going to be a loaded show. I can tell you that one for sure. Uh, things are just moving around in flux. And let me, let me tell you. I almost canceled the show, not because of the, the craziness, because I got a text message. Let me just tell you, 10,000 comedians out of work, and I got one of them here. <laughs> the worst pun in the world I just got a few minutes before we went on the air from Dan Wismar. Everything's in flux today, but it's going down on the Sports Fix. Welcome in, you guys. If you haven't been here before, you picked a good day to get here for the first time. If you've been here before, you know how we do it. You know the drill. Uh, it's even more jam-packed than usual today as we've got an entire set, one, two, three, four different guests on the slate here today talking about a gamut of different things. Uh, tell somebody to join us. Tell, go wherever you're listening. 
click the share button. They all have it. Today is a day. Uh, if you want to show off the sports fix to somebody else, today may be a, a nice day to do that. I'll go through the slate. We've got Coach Gary Waters coming up here from CSU. Doug Plagans from the Lake Erie Monsters. Dan Wismar. Dan Wismar is going to join us in hour one. We're flipping things. I'm telling you, script has been flipped today. We're doing things all over the place. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan talking about the Cavaliers. We've got a lot coming your way here today. Just not in the order that we thought it was coming to you. Oh, about four and a half minutes before we went on the air. But that's okay, baby. This is live radio. We will dodge the bullets and have some fun fighting cowboys and Indians together. And I only mean that as a figure of speech. Welcome into the Sports Fix. I'm your host, the big daddy on the microphone, J-Rock. Hey, you got to qualify that. You got to let them know it's just a figure of speech. I don't know. Either somebody will sue me or somebody will show up with a cowboy hat and spurs on. Either way, I don't want to picture that scenario. Welcome into the Sports Fix. J-Rock back with you guys here once again. Jerry Myers, if you haven't been here before, the big daddy on the microphone. With you each and every weekday, live at noon, right here across the Sports Fix radio network. Some of you, that means you're listening live. Right on our home base, thesportsfix.net. Many of you listen to us on TuneIn and TuneIn's radio app worldwide on Spreaker and Mixler and their respective digital and mobile applications as well. Welcome in all of you keeping the live audience rolling and as well... Welcome in the thousands of you who listen around the world 24 hours a day on digital delay on places such as iHeartRadio, the world's largest internet radio provider. Welcome in to those of you who subscribe and feed us every day on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio and CarPlay and all of the other places that you may download and subscribe to and feed the show. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the Sports Fix Nation, baby. You guys are loud and proud and keep it going strong, and I love having each and every one of you guys with us here. That's why we crack the phone lines and tell you this is not, you hear that? Microphone I'm beating up right there. Uh-huh, popping your speakers out. That's not mine, it's yours. I'm giving it to you, and I'm going to open up the phones every day. Not just the phones, the social media, the interaction. That's the lifeblood of what we do. It's what makes this uh, what I what I hope it to be anyway. And the more of that we have, the more of that we can be. It's your show, so use it. 216-539-7535. 216-539-7535. I've got a caller in. That's probably the only one I can take. Until we get through the loaded slate of guests here on the show. So I'll sneak in a quick, maybe I can get three minutes on the phones here in the open. When I open them back up at the end of the show, give me a call. 216-539-7535. Facebook, Twitter, email. That is the triad of ways to get a hold of us during the show. Well, there's more than just that. There's the Mixler chat room as well. M-I-X-L-R dot com. If you listen to the show there or if you just go there and find the stream of the show, there's an interactive pop-out chat room you can use. You don't even have to listen to the show on that site. You can listen on whatever site you're on and use the chat room there. You can hit us up on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Just search for the sports fix on Facebook. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix C L E, all one word, the Sports Fix C L E, or you can email us, the Sports Fix at AOL.com. As I said, excuse me, as I said, Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan, he's coming up less than 10 minutes from now. We're going to talk Browns and Bengals, and we're going to talk 
Buckeyes and Spartans, baby, as we preview it for this weekend with Dan Wismar. We've got Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland coming up to talk about the Cavs. They slept walk through one last night in Portland. We'll talk about that so different after the first quarter, the way that the rest of that game went out. Talking about that with Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland. Hour two, Doug Plagans from the Lake Erie Monsters joins us to talk about the Monsters. They dropped one yesterday, took two over the weekend. We'll talk about all of that with Dougie P., all that and wrapping things up, CSU Vikings men's basketball head coach Gary Waters is going to join us. Always a great time when Coach Waters is on the show. Of course, they've got their first exhibition game coming up this weekend, or excuse me, this Monday, and then their first regular season game at the end of next week. All of that is coming your way. The show is off and loaded. couple of things real quickly. Uh, pretty excited. Confirmed it this morning. Uh, you guys know I've been doing the high school football play-by-play. Got my first postseason uh, assignments here coming up this weekend. Calling some high school football Friday night playoff action. It'll be a lot of fun as uh, I get to call Willoughby South as the Rebels take their shot at winning a state championship as they take on Glenville Friday night on 13.30 a.m. WINT Integrity Radio and WINTradio.com. It'll be the football game of the week. It's the playoff uh, featured game. So I'll tell you guys more about that later on in the week, but pretty cool. And I was, hey, I was just kind of uh, uh excited because there's 21 22 different broadcasters this was my first season doing that and uh, and i was one of the guys uh assigned to the playoff game so it's gonna be a lot of fun very excited can't wait to see it just found out i let hey, you hush up in the chat room i just found out like right before we went on the air so it's not like i could have told anybody ahead of time but that's gonna be cool looking forward to that and i'll talk to you guys some more about that got a lot of opportunities uh coming up here some cool stuff we'll tell you guys about let's get rocking and rolling calves as i said sleepwalk through one last night we'll talk more about that in a minute you know what i only have a limited amount of time to go to the phones here in the first segment. And I want to let somebody else talk. So here we go. Caller, kick us off on the Sports Fix. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Big Daddy, how you doing, baby? Hey, I recognize this is my man, how Big Bob. How you doing, baby? What's up? Big Bob from Bristol, Connecticut. How you doing? Not too bad. Who would ever thunk that our Cleveland Browns, even with a cupcake schedule, would be 5-3 and three at this time? Hey, there you go, baby. You know, first time... I surely am one fan for almost 60 years would have never, ever thunk it. Mike Petton, you proved me wrong, buddy. I never. Hey, only halfway was, through. I never let's, thought let's he not... would have done what he's doing right now. Without but he's no done defense. well. I'm with Unbelievable. you. He's done well. I'm with you, brother. Let's see what happens in the second half. It's still a lot of work to be done, but it's going to be. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. You know, it's going to be something Absolutely, to see. but this is his first year, and he's yep. uh, he's really done a fine, fine job. Fine job. All right, let me put you on the spot, Big Bob, because we got a limited okay. amount of time here. Who's going to okay. win? Do the Browns? I, listen, I've said it. They can go play with Cincinnati, but going on the road, and as you guys may or may not have heard, 17 straight in the division, on the road, that the Browns have lost. If you do the math, they play three road games in the division every year, so you're going back five-plus years before you find a time that they went on the road in the division. Heartbreaking. 
So that's the next. We've talked about steps. You win your opener or you win your home opener. Then we go on the road and then we play bad teams. And and all these things that we say shows growth. And, well, the Browns wouldn't have done that last year. Well, there's the next one. Are you ready for prime time? I noticed yesterday when I said that, Bruce took that literally. I didn't mean the the, the prime time would be the reason if whether the Browns lose. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, are you ready for the big game? Are you ready for the opportunity, or do you fold in the moment? That's the next test and and we'll see i mean none of us know until we see them play whether they do i've got i've gotten all kinds of varied predictions from people who go all both ends some people think the browns are going to go lay a huge egg and some people think the browns are going to go shock the world and smack down cincinnati on thursday night it's amazing to see amongst the fan base and even amongst the media how varied people's opinions are about this game coming up on thursday but as we mentioned yesterday it's just cool to say for the first, I still can't believe it's the first time since 1986 that these teams have met week 10 or later with first place on the line. Now, they did meet with wild card playoffs on the line a couple of times in between, but first time that late in the season with first Absolutely. place. Absolutely. Isn't the line. that something? It just, that's it, crazy. It's... You're talking Bernie and Marty Schottenheimer. Oh. I mean, like I said yesterday, that's not just the 99 and beyond. That's a decade of Art Modell's Browns, too. So uh, interesting piece of history. And and now you go on the road and see what you can do. And then we'll look back on Friday and we'll say, well, they, they did it. Or, nope, they, they're still not uh, where they want to be. Yeah. I, uh, I for one, uh, think our, uh, our Cleveland Browns are going to shock the football world in Cincinnati tomorrow night and I am going to be home to watch it. Nothing will be able to tear me apart from my uh, from my TV and watching that game. I hey, think, they'll be able to watch it I in Cincinnati too. Do it. I think the Browns are going to do it. I really really do. I think they're going to put it together. I think the defense is going to come out firing despite their injuries and I think they're going to get it done. I think they're going to get it done. That's hey, my Bob, prediction. Hey, I hope That's you're right. The defense sure. is going to have to go to work because they've got oh, some they've got some opponents on that other side offensively. We know what Cincinnati can do, but we'll talk more about that. Big Bob, I got to let you go, my man. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Big Anything Daddy, else before we go? It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk to the sports fix. My Be man, best. always a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Have a good okay, one, Big Bob. Okay, Big Daddy. We'll see you now. Be safe. You got it. You too. <laughs> my man, up in Bristol. Always a fun time. Good call. All right, guys. You know what? Uh, and we're going to talk more about that I'll, since he picked it up on there. We'll talk, of course, the Cavaliers. We'll get back to that with Eddie Jansen here later on in the hour. We're going to pick right back up there, talk about the Browns and the Bengals tomorrow night, and preview the big one, the clash that most Buckeyes fans had circled from the beginning of the season. Buckeyes and Spartans, it's coming up. We'll talk about it. Coming up next, Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan joins us. We'll talk Browns and Buckeyes battle for first place in prime time. You know, Cincinnati, by the way. We'll talk about it more when we come back. 
traditionally uh, lays an egg in prime time. I, when I saw their their uh, career record in uh, prime time games, I said, "Wow!" It's just some you know. It's probably one of those stats that doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean this, that, or the other thing. But uh, anyways, we'll talk about that coming back. We'll talk about the Buckeyes and the Spartans and so much more coming up next. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan joins us. As I said, Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland talking Cavaliers. Doug Plagans, Hour 2, Lake Erie Monsters, and Coach Gary Waters from CSU all still coming your way in just a little bit as the sports fix rolls on. Phone lines are closed. You guys can keep the conversation going on Facebook, on Twitter, email facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. Email us the sports fix at AOL.com. When we come back, Dan Wismar from the Cleveland fan joins us next talking Browns, Bengals, Buckeyes, and Spartans. Oh my. Here on the Sports Fix. The Sports Fix, the show that asks the question. We'll be right back. It's an addiction. The Sports Fix. We'll be right back. Fantasy sports lovers, you put so much time, hard work, and effort into playing week to week that it quickly stops being a fantasy and starts getting real. Real time spent making real decisions, creating real victory. I'm the greatest man in the world! And when the smoke clears, you want to show off those victories with a real prize. I mean, a really real Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Prize. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, Nobody does, does that, that like, like Fantasy, Fantasy Jocks. Jocks. The crew over at Fantasy Jocks have beautiful, high-quality, and heavy-duty championship belts, rings, trophies, and so much more for all your fantasy sports needs. The trophy's 12 feet high, and it is glorious! Football, baseball, hoops, you name it, they have it. Plus, they have awesome draft kits and party supplies to make all your preseason activities the envy of everyone. If your league needs a ring, belt, or trophy, or you want to upgrade what you already have, there's literally only one place to go. If you're going to be a fantasy jock, do it right. It's mine. The most magnificent belt ever created. And it's mine. With America's fantasy sports superstore, fantasyjocks.com. What's your fantasy?
The Sports Fix is on iHeartRadio. Download the free iHeart app today. Subscribe to the show and get your fix. You love Cleveland, and you already know how much we love Cleveland. You know who else loves Cleveland? GV Art and Design. Everyday fans, you and I wear our pride on our sleeves. Now, you can wear your pride on your chest. GV Art and Design has one of the hottest Cleveland sporting lines. Log on right now to GVArtwork.com. Check out all of their fantastic designs. And don't forget, use the sales code 610 to save 10% on your total purchase. Follow GVArtwork.com on Facebook, and remember, GV Art and Design, it's not just a shirt is a statement in baseball miracles can happen when a team works together two out bottom of the ninth down to their last strike the same is true in the fight against cancer that's why mlb has teamed up with stand up to cancer because we believe that when we all stand up together 41,000 on their feet we can make cancer history now everybody's standing what a buzz in this building this is beyond a dream Stand up with MLB at StandUpToCancer.org. Now, back to the Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live across the Sports Fix Radio Network. J-Rock back with you as we roll on with this show. Going to go to the phone lines and be joined by my man Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan here in just a moment. Guys, keep the conversation going. I see guys in the Mixler chat room over there. Facebook, Twitter, email, facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. Email us, the Sports Fix at AOL.com. 25 minutes, half hour or so from now. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland going to join us to talk about the Cavaliers' loss last night. Look ahead to tonight's matchup as well as the road trip continues. Don't forget our two Doug Plagans of the Lake Erie Monsters. CSU Vikings men's basketball head coach Gary Waters still on tap as well right now. We're talking some football here. Kicking things off with Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. Got a couple of big uh, rivalry clashes in the next few days. Browns and Bengals. And then another prime timer is the Spartans and the Buckeyes do battle this weekend. Let's talk about all of that with Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan right now. Dan Wismar, how you doing? Middle of the week. We're getting ready to hit some football on Thursday and Saturday with a couple of rivalry games. You're doing great, Jerry. Uh, good to be with you. Uh, yeah, it's been a good week for uh, Cleveland sports watchers. I mean, you get the, the Cavs on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. You get the Browns on Thursday yeah. and the Buckeyes on Saturday. So got all the bases covered here this week. Absolutely. That's one of the things when I say I love this season. That's one of the reasons why. Last night, I was in my glory at 10 o'clock at night, sitting back. The house is quiet. The neighborhood, everything's quiet. And there's basketball to be watched, unfortunately. It didn't. It wasn't a basketball game for all four quarters. The first half was all right to watch, man. At one point, it was fifty to fifty. I'm like, all right, this is a back and forth, good little game here. And then they get outscored by twenty down the stretch. There, I don't know, man. It's Jekyll and Hyde watching. I know. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. But regardless, the process of being able to watch late-night baseball and basketball always one of my simple pleasures in life. I love the West Coast trips for our teams. Yeah, me too. I'm one of those night owls, too, that's up late every night anyway. So 
Might as yep. well be watching the local sports franchises uh, uh, out on the West Coast. It's it's fun. Uh, I, I was wondering whether anybody was going to play any defense last night, and uh, uh, I yeah. understand that Coach Blatt was not very happy with his team's defensive effort. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll get off the basketball and talk about the couple of big football games coming up here this week. Yeah, since uh, you know Bob was started it off with the call here before the thing, let's stay with the Browns before we switch over to the college side of the ball. Browns and Bengals. I. Uh, uh, I was still, I think back to that stat, the two of them that we talked about there that, you know, with it being so long since these teams played, and you get confused, I mentioned that, because they've they've battled, like even I think 2007, they, they you know, it comes down to the wild card, but with first place in the division, these teams have never traditionally been good at the same time, most of the time throughout their franchises, you know, the Bengals and the Browns, so it has been, uh, it's been a long time since they've been in the spotlight this late in the season uh, with something meaningful at stake outside of just a a wild card berth there. Interesting that it goes all the way. Like I said, not just past 99, but even past a decade plus of actual Browns football as well. Yeah, that's true. I was a little bit surprised to hear that myself. And it goes all the way back to to the Bernie years before they had a, you know, a real meaningful game. Um, This one obviously is a, you know, it's not a season maker or breaker for the Browns. No. Uh, it might be for the Bengals, though. You know, uh, if they lose this one, uh, they're going to be, you know, uh, up against it. And I think that would take a lot of a lot of the wind out of their sails. Um, they've been up and down. Obviously, they've had some real stinker performances. They got shut out by the Colts, and and the offense has been so inconsistent. I think on defense, they're they're relatively solid. And, you know, there's there's no real. Uh, area of their defense where they, where, you know, uh, they don't have solid players that contribute and are fairly consistent. But but the offense has really been up and down and, and uh, seems to be made or broken by whether Green is having a, a game or whether his toe is healthy or whatever. Uh, yeah. They discovered a, a running back for themselves, I guess, last week and uh, in Hill, a kid out of LSU. Uh, I liked him in the draft and and uh, I guess he had some behavioral issues or whatever discipline issues in, in college and people were maybe a little bit reticent to draft him as a result of that but uh looks like cincinnati made a nice pickup and maybe they found themselves a uh, sure did and the other the other one when talking about these uh trending statistics here and this is the one that you'll start to hear for the next 24 hours a lot is the browns 17 in a row on the road in the division that they lost and then now now i know that they've stunk within the division. But that one even caught me by surprise just because over the last few years, you know, the Browns go out of their way when they when they stink to send you these, you know, two pages worth of stats to tell you why the, you know, 16 to 9 loss wasn't as bad as it looked on the field, you know? And uh and so and they love to point out as they've improved in the division over the last few years. Well, they won one game for the first time. Ah, now they've won two games. Wow, they won three games. But all of those for the last almost six years have been home. And I didn't even realize the split that it had been five plus seasons since they won one of those on the road. Of course, they haven't been a good road. They haven't been a good any place team. But uh, so now you're going back that far. That's your next. Hey, where you at? That's your next measuring stick. Can you go on the road and win one of these divisional games? Yeah. And all you have to do is go back to last year when uh, Brown started out fast and Oh. Really should have should have been twenty one to nothing at the very least seventeen to nothing. As it turned out, it was thirteen nothing. And when when Joe Aiden had a a pick six early in the first quarter, and 
and uh, they looked like they were rolling, turned around and proceeded to give up what was a 31-second points, Jerry? But, yes, 31. Uh, uh, just an unbelievable uh, collapse with fumbles and special teams problems and kick returns, and uh, if I'm recalling it correctly, uh, that uh, it just the game was over by halftime, even even yep. though they had started so positively and, and run out to a 13 nothing lead, it made the point even you know more than it always is made that uh, you know when you have those red zone opportunities and they were down inside the five yard line with the first down and couldn't score a touchdown and I think two times came away from red zone with field goals and uh, before the pick six um, that uh, it really could have been uh, a much bigger uh, advantage there uh, you know for the Browns before the but I guess if you're going to turn around and give them up 31 in the second quarter it doesn't matter much I uh, I'm inclined to think that the Browns are going to be competitive in this game, uh, but I think all those, all those statistics, all those road division losses for the Browns and the way that the Bengals play at home uh, over the last several seasons, uh, I think it's just going to be real tough for the Browns to come away with a win. If I had a gun to my head, I'd say they'd probably uh, you know, compete and play hard and, and lose a tight one. Uh, I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, if I was a betting man, that's that's the way I'd have to roll. I'll tell you. Let me let me. I'll put some of these numbers in perspective here. But I'm with you. I think, I, like I keep saying, they definitely can. They definitely can go win this game. It's a matter of will they. Not just seven, and that's 17 in a row. I didn't know this. I actually just found this out as I was pulling something up. That's the longest in the NFL since they've measured it since the merger back in 1970. That's the longest streak of any team's uh, road losses within their division is what the and Browns that's, that's are at right years, now. That's six years worth of games. To put September that in perspective. 2008. You only play, three, you only play three, three division road yeah. games a year. And exactly. So that's, uh, that's going back more than half a decade. So, yeah, that's that's a pretty sorry record. And guess what? The last one was against the Bengals. It was 20-12. to The Browns beat the Bengals on September 28th of 2008. And that was the last time that the Browns have gone on the road in the division and won a game. Check this out. Although, you know, obviously we mentioned at home, first time since they've returned to the NFL, the Browns in a one-year period have beaten every team in the division as they have beaten the Steelers, Bengals, and Ravens all in the last uh, year's worth of football, even though it's spread over the start of the 2004 season. The Browns in the division on the road have won two whole football games two football games since 2004 on the road that is amazing and that that is that's truly uh that's man that's staggering when you hear it stacked up like that because you they i guess when you live in them one grows to the other and you just kind of live in and one season runs into another four and 12 five and 11 and you don't even look at that stuff man so that really is your next measuring point you've got to be able to go out here and win these games on the road and i was talking yesterday you look around the division i really can see whichever one of these teams wins four in the division is going to win this thing because they're they're on pace where every team could go three and three in the division this year, the way the teams are playing against each other. Cincinnati's the only team right now that doesn't have at least one loss in the division, and that's because they haven't played all three teams yet. So, I mean, it's going to come down to which team can win that fourth game within the division here is going to be the team that wins this thing. Yeah, you're right. And the division is really so tight, and, you know, it's it's had so many different looks to it from the start of the season till now 
I mean, how it was only three, four weeks ago that the Pittsburgh Steelers came into Cleveland and stunk up the joint, and yeah. and uh, we're down <laughs> yeah. we're down thirty-one to three before a, a gift touchdown at the end, and uh, you know the last couple of weeks they looked like world beaters. They're they're sitting on top of the division. They they've uh, you know, just drilled the Ravens, and and uh, you know that you know for a while there it looked like the Ravens were going to run away with it. Early in the season, after three games, people had Cincinnati in the Super Bowl, so. Uh, you know, they, they Cincinnati wins the uh, September championship of the of, of the AFC North. Uh, <laughs> so each of those three teams has taken their turn uh, as you know, quote unquote, team to beat or, or you know, leading contender to win the division, however you want to put it. And uh, you know, who knows with a with a, a victory uh, tomorrow night, maybe the Browns uh, become the uh, the new uh, you know, fair haired boy in the in the division, and uh, people are looking at them as maybe a team that has a shot. So. It, it's a big, big game for the franchise to, you know, go on national TV, be credible. <laughs> you know, there's a lot yeah. of people that would just yeah. like to avoid embarrassment. You know, I, I think we're, we're trying to aim a little bit higher than that, though. And, and, and obviously, <laughs> uh, it would be it would be so big for the franchise uh, just in terms of their national perception. Um, you know, again, assuming that people watch the Thursday night game, I, I know a lot of NFL people just. Uh, you know, kind of write it off as, as not that you know, there were very few competitive contests early in the season. They've had a couple decent games here lately you know uh, on Thursday up. nights, but uh, it's uh, it would certainly do a lot for the for the national perception of the Browns if they could somehow pull out a W. And uh, you know, the NFL is just crazy enough that that could happen. And uh, you know, we'll see what the Browns are made of tomorrow night. We'll see if they can uh, translate some of this stuff to uh, to a road game and and get out there and uh, and perform. What's messed up with those Thursday night games is you had all those bad ones, and it was in the front half of the schedule, which was the half that was on the broadcast TV as well. They had the simulcast for the first eight games on CBS. Now, the second half of the season, those games are just NFL Network games. So, of course, uh, that's uh, that's what happened there. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, a couple of things to keep in mind, and I wanted to ask you about something, but Andrew Hawkins – the the Browns are already limited enough. They're not going to have Cameron, barring a miracle. They're not going to have Jordan Cameron at all. I'm just telling you that now. So uh, you've already got your limited weapons offensively. Andrew Hawkins, I know he's going to try to play, but there is the possibility that he may not be able to go, which means next man up again, even more guys would have to step up there. But speaking of guys stepping up, and the Browns have not said this, so this could be me just giving them credit for something they didn't do. I'm curious if you think, do you think in any way, obviously Crowell has missed the last two games. The first one was about fumbling the ball against Pittsburgh. We know that. Do you think that part of holding him out Last weekend, my gut tells me it was for tomorrow night. It was knowing that you were going to have two tired teams on Thursday night and you've got a fresh pound them in the face running back that you can throw out there with fresh legs on Thursday night. Maybe they'll use that to their advantage, even if that wasn't the plan. But part of me says, hey, we're going to hold out one of these guys to have a bit of an advantage going into Thursday night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I hope that the plan is to use the fresh Crowell to beat up a tired defensive line. Well, you know, I suppose that makes some sense, Jerry. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. Uh, you know, you, you don't think about a rookie who's had, uh, you know, only a handful of carries all year as somebody who needs rest to be fresh for a, for a football game. But, you know, yeah, I, I suppose that could have been part of their thinking. I, I think really it was more a, a function of, you know, we can't, you know, in a tight game we can't uh, play a guy that, you know, fumbled three times in one game. And, and then uh, last week I think they were just really trying to decide who they who they can trust, who they can uh, who can go out there and perform. And, and they tried Tate and Wes. I think Wes certainly got the better of it. Um, and you've also heard the coaching staff say over the course of the year that, and it's true, of course, it's easy to understand, that it's tough to have three running backs right. and, and use them all and be effective with any one of them. Um, and so that presents a problem that continues to be an issue, at least in the coaches' minds, that uh, hard to keep three guys happy, uh, hard to keep you know three guys feeling good and, and competitive and, and uh, you know getting some continuity, getting some rhythm, however you want to phrase that. Uh, if you're trying to rotate three guys into the game. So I I think maybe that might be uh, a piece of it as well. But, uh, you know, like I said, your your thought there is something I hadn't really considered, and that may be one of the, you know, part of their thinking. And I wasn't meaning it as far as you have to, because I'm one of those guys, too, that goes, hey, you guys are 20 years old. You don't need to be saved for anything. I didn't mean it like saving the kids. I just meant, hey, that's a, you know, because everybody's sore. Everybody's sore a couple, two, three, four days after a game. And, man, uh, it helps to have a couple of guys that are just ready to spring out and go, you know. But, hey, even if that wasn't the plan, I would think the Browns could use that to their advantage here tomorrow night because they're going to need to establish a, a running game, as we know, as, uh, as best they can on the road here. It's going to be interesting, man, too. see how, how Brian Hoyer shows up, which uh, which way the offense goes. If, if Hawkins plays, he's got the I used to play for these guys and they didn't think I was worth this much money thing on his shoulders. So there's a lot of things at play. And don't forget, too, Cincinnati's banged up, too, as well as the Browns. Cincinnati's going to have several issues. Issues there, I think Hall. I know Malaluga. These guys haven't practiced this week, so they may be down two or three key defensive players as well, which is something that the Browns could use to their advantage here offensively. So both teams both played, both teams beat up. They both have to. I like that when they, people were asking both teams this week about the short week. They're like, "Hey, they had it too." So we're just all tired and cranky. Let's just go out there and play some football. So I expect a good hard cranky AFC North football game tomorrow night. Yeah, we could be looking at one of those uh, typical AFC North, uh, you know, six to three at halftime kind of games. <laughs> but, uh, because, uh, you know, both teams have been playing reasonably decent defense. And, uh, you know, the Browns defense, I think, has been getting better uh, coming from a, you know, really tough uh, early stretch in, in the first few games that they're giving up, you know, 28, 30 points a game or so. Um, but, uh yeah, I, I think it's going to be a you know a tough game. I, I, I like you know, I think the Browns are going to have to throw short and and uh, intermediate. I, I'm surprised, frankly, that the Browns have not thrown to the running backs more. I think you know in the, yeah. in the preseason, I think both West and and Crowell and then even Tate to maybe to a lesser degree showed good hands coming out of the backfield. They did a little bit of that last week. Uh, brought Crowell in the game and threw the ball to him. I think the first play he was in. Uh, 
but uh, I think they need to do more of that just if for no other reason than there's so so few uh, receiving options that that uh, keep defensive coordinators up nights uh, before they play the Browns. I mean, there's just not a lot of people that scare you on this offense, especially with Cameron out. So, and then obviously Gordon. Um, so yeah, you're just going to have to mix it up, and yeah, you're going to have to run the ball. Petten uh, said this week that he felt better about. Uh, McDonald. I mean, what's he going to say? No, he's well, yeah. normal. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but he, he he did say that you know, as, as the weeks go by, you know, he gets more and more acclimated to what they're trying to do, and and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, this week he can just avoid those grass stains on the seat of his pants that he got last weekend, and uh, you know, the, this team can look like they know how to run the ball for the first time in a in a month. You're listening to the Sports Fix, Dan Wismar, J-Rock. We're talking Browns and Bengals, and now let's shift the gridiron to another focus here coming up. 7-1, 4-0 in the Big Ten, early season stumble, and a game circled on the team's calendar. You could be describing either team in this one, Ohio State, Michigan State. After the new playoff rankings come out, it's number 8 and number 14. No, not much difference. Uh, Ohio State jumped a couple of spots. Michigan State uh, right where they were at last week here. That's going to set the stage for it. Under the lights, primetime, ABC, the big one here. And uh, it comes this week. And I know you're fired up. I am. These players are fired up on both sides of the ball. This is because of the lack of competitiveness. A lot of people have said this. You're never going to take the edge off of, of course, Ohio State and them guys up north. But because of the lack of competitiveness on the other side of that, much like we say that with Steelers and Browns and stuff, Michigan State has kind of stepped in there as the number one A rival for the last few years of the Buckeyes. Yeah, that's right. And, and Urban Meyer calls them, you know, they're the king of the hill. And, and uh, yeah. you know, until somebody knocks them off, they're the Big Ten champions. And uh, what you've got this weekend is two long Big Ten game winning streaks. Ohio State is sitting on the record tying 20 in a row that that they achieved last week and and uh they're going for the record to, to break jim trestle's record of 20 uh, set in 05 and 07 um and uh michigan state too has won 13 in a row of course the buckeye streak is regular season big 10 wins you got to qualify that because of course they lost to the spartans last year in the big 10 championship game and and that's where the revenge factor comes in uh the other thing that people are noticing uh, this week is that urban meyer uh, doesn't really have a signature win over a ranked opponent. He, he's 31 and three at Ohio State, but he really doesn't have anything that he can hang on his wall that looks like a real trophy in terms of a big win over a over a top 10 team. He doesn't have one. Doesn't have any at all uh, since he's been at Ohio State. And so, uh, you know, they, he was asked the other day if he felt the pressure uh, because of that, and his response was, I'm paraphrasing here. I think he said. Uh, he said, "I could give you the coach speak and say I don't feel it, but I feel it." Uh, so, so he's very candid about it, and he understands that as good as his record has been with this team, it hasn't been over uh, you know elite opposition, and uh, and this could be a you know this could be a trophy for his uh, for his office wall if he can pull this one off. And I'll tell you what, you know, before we even get into anything else about that, what does your gut say? Just looking at, you know, the way the Buckeyes are coming into this thing, how do you think? Do you think they're where they wanted to be by the time they had this game circled as well? I know 
things happened earlier in the season, but do you think that they obviously you're never where you know as good as you want to be, but do you think they're where they thought they would be when they said, "Here's where we need to be when the Spartans hit the schedule." I think so, with the exception of the, the obvious uh, the stumble, uh, you know, the performance against Virginia Tech. Uh, but in terms of having their team ready to play this game, I do think they like where they are. Uh, after Penn State, Urban was not happy with the offensive line. He had thought that they were getting it together, and that that game showed him that well, maybe they aren't uh, quite there yet. Uh, so, so he went into last week with some things to prove that way, uh, to try to get that offensive line tuned up and, and uh, have them performing at a high level. Uh, Penn State did a few things to take away some things the Buckeyes like to do. Buckeyes like to run jet sweeps and bubble screens. They like to get the ball uh, outside to their playmakers. Uh, and, uh, and Penn State was, you know, blitzing corners, uh, you know, off the field side and, and, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, blitzing from both sides, and that really just sort of hindered their ability to to get that ball out quickly to the sidelines. Michigan State does a lot of the same thing. Uh, and uh, so I think to, to succeed this Saturday, uh, the Buckeyes are going to have to throw the ball more in the middle of the field, and Barrett likes the middle of the field. Uh, I think the tight ends are going to have to be in play. I think that the short to intermediate game for the wide receivers is going to have to be in play because I think that, some of that perimeter game that they like so much is going to be limited by just the unpredictability and by the speed and and by the blitzing off the edge that the Spartans are going to invariably do because that's what they do. Um, the other thing to watch for is is some uh, some trick plays. We we all know that Antonio has the guts of a cat burglar and he and he does this <laughs> stuff in big big games. Uh, so you can definitely look for some. You know, maybe a fake kick, fake field goal, uh, you know, fake punt. Uh, you know, they they run the uh, uh, the flea flicker kind of play with uh, with the running back Humphrey, to, you know, pitching it back, and uh, so so you can look for all kinds of stuff like that because D'Antonio he'll pull this stuff out when uh, when the you know the chips are on the line. So uh, look for that, and I think Urban may have a trick or two up his sleeve too. I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see some some razzle dazzle out of him this Saturday. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned Monday. I think the, the the Spartans' defense lost a lot. They still have the big kid Chalik Calhoun and and uh, you know, on the on the defensive line, and, and they're solid all around. But they don't. They lost a lot of talent. They lost a lot of defensive backfield talent uh, last year, and and uh, they got some good kids. Drummond is tough, but and uh, but but they don't have the defense that they had a year ago. Let's put it that way. And. Um, the Buckeye defense, uh, much maligned as they were last year, and rightfully so, they're now ninth nationally in defense overall. Uh, and uh, so they have been playing much, much better, and, and uh, Bosa, just a beastly kid, and, and uh, all these guys are coming around. The defense has been playing much better. The Spartans really rely on a couple of key players. I mean, Tony Lippett turned into a, a great receiver, uh you know, maybe great's a little bit too strong a word, but he's got to be the well, one of the top receivers, if not the top receiver in the in the Big Ten. Uh, and uh, and Humphrey's an outstanding running back. But if you can neutralize Lippitt, uh, you know they're you know they're going to really have to rely on him, especially on third downs. And uh, you, you take that kid out of the game, or just limit his productivity, and and I think you can really hurt what the Spartans are trying to do on offense. Buckeye is certainly going to rush the passer. I think they're just going to have to watch for uh, for plays that are, you know, kind of sucking them in with that pass rush. They run a lot of screens. They run some 
some throwback types of plays, and you're going to really have to watch out for that sort of thing to neutralize that pass rush that, that, that Antonio will, will do. But um, I, I do like the Buckeyes' chances here. They are they are ticked off. They've got this game circled. They, they, they consider it a revenge game. They're hungry. And uh, I think that factor just might be enough to put them over the top. It's tough to win up there. But uh, I do like the Buckeyes' chances. I, I think both games, the Browns and the Buckeyes, are going to go go down uh, close, uh, maybe within a field goal. Uh, I think the Browns come up short, but I think the Buckeyes come out on top. Yeah, I'm with you on that with the uh, with the Buckeyes and the Spartans here. And, you know, of course, you brought up that defense. I mean, really, it's kind of fitting. It comes back to this after the way that went down last year. And, and Connor Cook did what he did with the defense and the passing that you'll see how they now – how they react this year, you know, you talked about some of those stats with them. They've got the, what is it, 13th in the nation they are in pass defense. Now, obviously, you know, you've got to take into effect the the fact that they had Navy and, you know, some of the, the offenses that they played there. Uh, but regardless, you know, that was an effort, a concerted effort by the Buckeyes this offseason with Chris Ash and all of that that they've done to overhaul and re-engineer that pass defense. So here you come back to the the team that really made a lot of that, you know, start to be a focal point there as things happen the way they did. And, yeah, you've got the revenge factor as well. Uh, I'm excited. I think it is going to be a great night, regardless of which way the ledger falls out. I think it's going to be a hell of a night of football Saturday night, and uh, I'm looking forward to that one too. And they kind of get, you know, probably have a little more edge, at least amongst a lot of the uh, football fans that are mutual fans of the Browns and the Buckeyes because the Browns game will have already taken place. There will be nothing else on the spotlight this weekend, so you'll have even a few more eyes there focused in on the – Buckeyes and the Spartans as they get the spotlight for a uh, big rivalry one this weekend. I'm with it, though. I think the Buckeyes can go and take care of business, and I think they can win this one, man. This is a not uh, not a juggernaut. It's a very good team. You're going to have to play, and you're going to have to earn it. They're not going to give you anything. But Ohio State can go win this game, and I, I'm with you. I think they do. I don't think it's a, a, a pretty one, but who cares? We've talked about that enough with the Browns. There is no yeah, definition other, of a victory. Just win, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the other thing that you can look at is maybe a difference from last year's game. Is it's a quarterback position for Ohio State, and and – what the well, Buckeyes yeah. have there, and JT Barrett is a is a, a you know guy that's turning out to be a, a very good passer. Uh, JT Barrett is a redshirt freshman, is leading the nation in, in total yardage, or second, I believe, in the nation in total yardage per game, and uh, and and in the top five, I think, in passing efficiency. He certainly is the top passer, top quarterback in the Big Ten in passing efficiency, and uh, and nationally ranked in terms of the number of yards he's putting up. Uh, if you look at what happened in last year's game, and the Buckeyes had that lead in the fourth quarter, and, and everybody remembers those two plays, third and one and the fourth and one, when when they tried to you know run Braxton Miller, and, and people were screaming for Carlos Hyde, who had been averaging about six yards a carry uh, for the season, uh, and and why they didn't use their power running attack in the in the clutch. Of course, Meyer uh, explained afterwards that hey, you know, you give the ball to your best player. Uh, and, and then in his mind, certainly Braxton Miller was his best player. Braxton tried to go wide, and, you know, long story short, Spartan stuffed it a couple of times and, and took over and ended up winning the ball game and pulled away with a late touchdown. But the Buckeyes had that game under control with the lead in the fourth quarter and uh, kind of let it get away uh, because, A, they didn't either trust their quarterback to make a pass 
uh, a short pass completion uh, in the clutch or uh, decided to put it in his hands to run with the ball, uh, you know, snap it back into the shotgun and let Braxton go, and that, that was one of the Buckeyes best plays for the last couple of seasons. Uh, let's, let's snap it to Braxton and just watch him make people miss. Uh, well, Spartans are good tacklers. They don't, they don't miss much, and they didn't miss on Braxton when he tried to take it around the corner. So uh, I just think with a, maybe a, a better, more accurate passer and a guy who's gaining confidence every week, you've got a little bit of an edge. Uh, surprising to say, because Braxton obviously was two-time Big Ten uh, Offensive Player of the Year, but uh, you might have an edge at the quarterback position uh, if when you look at this year's Buckeyes versus last year's team. You know what? While you're talking, and that's a great point, I had a question. I, I saw this in the chat room, so I'm glad I saw it before we wrap this thing up. Would you say, and maybe this is just hyperbole here, but would you say maybe that this is one of those games that falls under the defining uh, moment thus far of Urban Meyer and his tenure and what he's trying to do? I mean, obviously, you don't want to put too much on it, but, you know, there is some, some significance here to this. Would you say this is one of those type of games, even if maybe it's not at that high of a level? I, I would say that. I think that's a very fair characterization of it. And he's been asked about it and about the pressure, feeling the pressure. Um, yeah, when you're when you're 31 and three and and uh, you haven't won a game over a top 10 team, this is your chance. Now, obviously, you haven't played very many. The Big Ten has been bad. You haven't had too many teams other than Ohio State that have been ranked in the top 10 during his first uh, three seasons here. Um, but the uh, fact remains that uh, I think you have to go back to his time at Florida and you know, maybe beating Ohio State. Obviously, he played lots of ranked teams in the in the SEC, but. Um, no, no signature win at Ohio State that anybody can point to to say this was Urban Meyer's big win over a good team. So, sure, I think to that to that extent, yeah, it is a a, a pivotal game, maybe, uh, or at least a, a defining game for him that, that people will look back on, and and it'll help define his uh, his time at Ohio State, whether he does or doesn't uh, step up and play well when it counts against a quality opponent. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. We hit Buckeyes and Bengals, then we hit Spartans, or excuse me, Buckeyes and Bra- Browns and Bengals, Buckeyes and Spartans. Doesn't matter. They're all fighting it out this weekend. Only two will be standing when we come back on Monday and do our thing, my brother. I can't wait to talk about it because it's going to be a fun week. As you said, the way things fall out, man, you got, you got basketball in between the football, and it just floats us right on through there, man. Going to be a lot of things to talk about. Looking forward to Monday, seeing what happens, and we'll see who is the temporary king of the hill, at least, you know, till the next biggest matchup of the season in both the, both the AFC North and the Big Ten. Okay, Jerry, looking forward to it. We'll talk Monday. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. My man, Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. That's right. We're up in hour one of the Sports Fix this time. Usually he's hour two on Wednesdays. We're moving everything around. These cats at live radio are all over the place let me tell you that having a lot of fun can't wait to uh to keep this thing rolling let's get a break and let's come right back and talk about the well you know what 
Let's switch gears. I'm, I'm telling you, it's floating behind the scenes. You guys don't even know how much is changing as the, sh- the order of this show has changed six times since 1155. I'm telling you now. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's time to feel like a monster, baby. Doug Plagans, the voice of the Lake Erie Monsters, is going to join us next here live on the Sports Fix. And we'll talk about the last three games since Dougie's been with us here. The latest with the Lake Erie Monsters. Get you set for their next action and more. Let's talk monsters hockey time to feel like a monster with doug plagans of the lake erie monsters coming up next after the break don't go anywhere we got news we got doug plagans next on the fix And now, a very special announcement from the Sports Fix. Black bears weigh between two and 500 pounds. Brown bears weigh between 300 and over 1,000 pounds. Black bears run away from you. Brown bears run at you. When attacked by a bear, simply lie still on the ground and cover your face and head with your hands. When the bear is finished batting you around and mauling you, contact the U.S. Forest Service. And that was a message from the Sports Fix. <laughs> Hey, this is Scott Fujita, and you're listening to the Sports Fix. Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with the Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners, terrestrial or internet. The Sports Fix universe is not only the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Email me, Jerry Myers, thesportsfix at AOL.com. That's thesportsfix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park right here on the Sports Fix. Sports Fix listeners, do you tweet? So do we. So tweet with us 24-7 at the Sports Fix CLE. Whether it's an oil change or a new set of tires... Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck has you covered for your automotive car care needs. They're your neighborhood quick service experts. They also offer a low price tire guarantee. Choose from 13 brands, and if you find the same tires at a lower price within 30 days, Quick Lane at Valley Ford will refund the difference. They're open late Monday through Thursday until 9 p.m. and open early Saturday so you can check it off your to-do list and get on with your day. They also have a newly remodeled service lounge and additional service bay just for Quick Lane oil changes. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck is located at 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. Come see why life is better in the Quick Lane. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. That's Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Signs and Ship, the official printing source of the Sports Fix. Locations in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Florida. Find out more at signsandship.com. News break. 
This is Boomer Esiason with the CBS Sports Minute. Regardless of how the public may feel about it, Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson are ready to suit up again. And the ball is now in Roger Goodell's court. But things are not as simple as they once were when Goodell proclaimed himself the judge, jury, and executioner in matters of personal conduct violations. Today, former federal judge Barbara Jones, a third-party arbitrator, will preside over Rice's appeal hearing. She'll have to decide who was telling the truth about their now-famous meeting, Goodell or Rice. Her honor will also have to interpret the collective bargaining agreement to determine whether Goodell's subsequent indefinite suspension of Rice violated the double jeopardy clause. Meantime, Peterson yesterday pled no contest to a negotiated misdemeanor charge of reckless assault. He's been on the commissioner's exempt list, so only Goodell can reinstate him. Fasten your seatbelt, folks. This is going to be fascinating. Years ago, while driving them to school each morning, Jack Harbaugh used to ask his kids, who's got it better than us? Then John, Jim, and Joni would all yell, nobody. That was certainly the right answer two years ago when John and Jim became the first brothers to oppose each other as head coaches in the Super Bowl. While Joni's husband, Tom Crean, was coaching Indiana to the NCAA Sweet 16. Now all three coaches are reeling. Jim's 49ers and John's Ravens have both lost two straight. There are reports of locker room and front office friction in San Francisco, while Baltimore is at the bottom of its division. Green is now under fire because six out of 13 of his Hoosiers have recently been cited for alcohol violations and or failed drug tests. These days, the family might be asking, who's got it worse? I'm Boomer Esiason. Now, back to the sports fix. Feel like a monster. The secret side of me, I never let you see. I keep it caged, but I can't control it. So stay away from me, the beast is ugly. I feel the rage and I just can't hold it. It's scratching on the wall. Welcome back to the Sports Fix. We're just, just getting ready to click into hour two here. I was just sitting here getting ready and, and resetting my stuff and going... There's still so much show left to go. Like, I can't believe how much of the slate is still left to go. Guys being flexible behind the scenes. We are we are flying by the seat of our pants today. Thanks to Dan Wismar for joining us first, kicking things off, talking some Browns and Bengals, and we got Buckeyes and Spartans previewed, ready to go. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm fired up and ready for a, a couple of doses of rivalry football here coming up. Over the next couple of days, in just a few moments, as you hear the music in the background, Doug Plagans, the voice of the Lake Erie Monsters on TV and radio, he's going to join us here in just a moment. Still to come in this hour, besides Doug Plagans, we've still got Eddie Jansen of More Than a Fan Cleveland coming up. He's next. After Doug Plagans, we'll talk Cavaliers, recap the loss last night, get you set. Hey, you got to put it behind them and keep moving on. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland. Then, Coach Gary Waters from the CSU Vikings men's basketball team. He'll be wrapping things up with us down the home stretch today, getting you ready as they tip off their season coming up next week. So I'm looking forward to the rest of today's show. And like I said, just a moment from now, Doug Plagans from the Lake Erie Monsters is going to join us here. We'll talk about the slate that was. They had the couple of home games over the weekend, Texas, and took care of business. Then overtime loss to the Ice Hogs yesterday. We'll talk about all of that here in a minute. Look ahead 
to what's coming next. You guys can't call because we've got the phone lines taken up, but you can roll with us on Facebook and Twitter and email. Let's do it. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. Email us the sports fix at AOL.com. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. Email us the sports fix at AOL.com. And real quickly while we're waiting on Dougie to join us, looking at some of the uh, comments that we've gotten through the first hour of the show. I'm amazed. No, no, not really. I mean, not amazed by anything that's split amongst uh, fan bases, but seeing such, I mentioned it with Dan, such a split and a wide array of the various uh, people's opinions on what's going to happen tomorrow with the Browns and the Bengals. I mean, it runs the gamut from the Browns are going to, you know, get turned upside down and be shown the reality and to the other side of it that they're going to shock the world and not just win, but kick the crap out of Cincinnati on the road. I don't know. I'm in the middle. I know they can do it. I They're going to have to show me that they will do it. We'll talk more about that right now as you hear it. Feeling like a monster on the hotline. My man Doug Plagans is with us now, and let's check in with him here. Doug Plagans, voice of the Lake Erie Monsters. How you doing today, buddy? Doing great. How the heck are you? Hey, I'm fantastic, my man. I can hear it. You can hear the uptick. And not that you weren't excited before, but you can hear that you're on the road, you're traveling, you're doing hockey. You're in your you're in your zone now. Well, we're ag- we're actually we actually got back at six thirty in the morning. You're feeling good. You're caffeinated up. Yeah. But I mean just you're in so the, now we're, uh, the season. Yeah, we're getting we're getting back getting back into it ready for the home game on Friday. You're in the groove of the season is what I mean. You're ready. You're back in your element, Doug. Ready oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, and they're at it, too. And you've had a couple of games, of course, last night, not the way you guys wanted it to end. But let's start back at the weekend, kind of a opening night part deuce a little bit there is after the big uh, party Thursday night for those basketball fellas that you guys followed it up with a Texas two-step and a couple of victories over the defending champions there. Let's start right there and talk about the atmosphere and the action from last Friday and Saturday. The atmosphere was great. Uh, we had great crowds both nights. If uh, anybody out there listening was a part of it, thanks for coming down to the queue over the weekend. The Monsters had two games against the Texas Stars, and they were big games because they're uh, those are the defending champions on the other side. And the Monsters had a weekend before where things really didn't go the way they wanted to. So it was a a chance to rebound and a chance to make a statement against a good team. And they went out and played two solid games, had big starts both nights, and uh, that's going to be key. And uh, they came out and got the victories both nights, especially Saturday night, overtime game that really had a little bit of everything for, for anybody who would have been down there to see that one. Very entertaining contest. Um, you know, the the uh, off the ice, the uh, reviews of Humongotron for hockey are uh, very, very positive. <laughs> uh, hockey looks looks just great on it. I mean, you've seen how good hockey looks just on your standard, um, you know, big flat screen TV in somebody's living room. Just uh, it looks unbelievable on that thing. And uh, and again, it was just two big wins for the Monsters. Calvin Pickard was very good in net. He's kind of the uh, the main man now as he's uh, started five straight games and the monsters started getting some uh, some offensive contributions from across the board. Some guys really starting to heat up. So overall, it was a big weekend for the monsters to uh, turn things around, get back up to five hundred. Yeah, I don't know what's up. Kate asked that question a couple weeks ago. Now we got a couple of overtime games, bam, ever since we brought it up there. But uh, Monsters fans getting a look early on at those new overtime rules, a couple of games, and we've seen the Monsters fall on both sides of the ledger there in overtime. 
Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I, I really like the system. I'll tell you that much. Just uh, as a whole, the the system is uh, is accomplishing kind of what it's what you thought it would do. It's decreasing the number of shootouts. And as I told you before, I'd be fine if I never saw another shootout again. Not a big fan of those, but uh, but you know this new overtime. And I'll tell you what, some people out there who like shootouts, I understand it. It's exciting. But uh, just based on my couple of experiences, seeing overtime go down to to three on three in person. People are on the edge of their seats more in that three-on-three overtime than I've ever seen in shootouts. Uh, fans are really liking it. It's really uh, setting in well with everybody. The Monsters uh, fell in the three-on-three situation last night. Rockford's a very good team. They're off to a hot start. They have a top record in the Western Conference. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a shame to see that one slip away last night just because Calvin Pickard played so well in that one. He made 41 saves in that game. Um, despite giving up the five goals, uh, you know he played he played great all evening long, and uh, the monsters were four for four on the power play, two for Stephen Elliott, two for Colin Smith, and um, you know there there were a lot of good performances. There were some real bright spots from last night, but Rockford showed that they're a confident team that went into that game with a five game win streak, and you know when a team's won five games in a row, they're playing loose. They they never really feel like they're out of it, and even when the monsters led four one after two, Rockford just kept coming, and eventually they uh, were able to cash in a few times. You just took the words out of my mouth. I was going to ask you about that last night. It had to be tough because they were so hot, the Ice Hogs, as you said, coming in with the leading record. And then to jump out to that 4-1 to lead there, you're thinking, wow, way to go uh, You know, early on, grab control of this. But like you said, showed why they are uh, the best record so far there because they fought their way back and then were able to get the win even with the great game from Picard and all of that. But, you know, you got to just turn around and you took the two at home, you dropped this one. Like you said, you come right back home and you've got to turn your focus. You've got Utica coming this weekend. Matter of fact, that's Friday at the Q, 7.30. Uh, talking about the Q, you mentioned the Humongotron. Uh, all, all of the aesthetic changes, some of the things that we've talked about uh, on the sh- our show about the Cavs and the things that they've done. Some people have seen how some of that affects hockey, but also a few tweaks to the uh, to the setup there for hockey as well. I know they put in the new glass, the new dasher boards around there, a bit of a fresh look for hockey fans, plus, you know, like you said, the Humongotron uh, adds a bit of a, an element to it as well too but a fresh look there and a bit of a difference all the way around at the queue here it, it doesn't get any better than humongo Sean, first and foremost like i said um <laughs> hockey, hockey looks great on it um it's it's something that uh that's really going to enhance the in-game experience for the for the fans um you know when they show a replay up there on uh, on humongo tron Nothing is getting by. Uh, nothing is getting by anybody when you get a second look at it on that <laughs> thing, and uh, it, it's just—it's just an impressive, an impressive uh, video board up there at Center Ice. As for the boards, they're—they're um, they're designed uh, in a way to to provide more safety for the players, and uh, they're also going to again enhance the the views of the fans. The glass you can tell is new. It's uh, you know it's easier to see through. Um, it's it's really just going to uh, be a better situation for everybody. The uh, glass that was uh, put in, the new glass was actually it replaced the original glass and boards that were there from the from mid '90s when hockey started being played at the queue with the Lumberjacks back in '94 '95. So um, overall, everything new is going to benefit everybody, and uh, you know not just for this year but years to come. Um, as for the the weekend coming up, you know it doesn't get any easier. It is early in the season, but the, and the monsters have a light week schedule wise, just playing Tuesday and then Friday at home. But uh, playing Rockford on Tuesday, and since they won yesterday, they're now the top team in the Western Conference. 
they leapfrog Utica, who comes in on Friday. They're the second-best team in the uh, in the Western Conference at this very moment. So it is early in the season, but uh, the, the schedule, even though it's light, is, uh, is a real test here this week for the Monsters. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, of course, early on, it's it, I, don't, I'm, I don't know. I want to ask this without it being like that uh, encompass all judgmental question, but small sample size, seeing what we've seen early on in the season. Uh, what are some things that maybe you've noticed that the Monsters are doing exceptionally well early on and that maybe are pieces of emphasis here in the early part of the season? Well, I think uh, just based on last night, the power play, that might have been the game that, uh, that the power play that needed nice. to, to kind of kick into gear because the Monsters went into that game last night with three power play goals through nine games, and then they scored four power play goals in four attempts last night. So more power play goals last night than in any of the games leading up to it combined. And, uh, and that right there shows that that power play unit or those power play units might have turned the corner because you had contributions coming from some different sources, and, uh, and that's something else that we've seen is more of the scoring throughout the lineup. Uh, the first few games, you saw the same couple of names showing up on the score sheet more frequently than a lot of the others, but now you're starting to see more of those contributions by committee, and that's what you want. Uh, you know, you want, you want to be able to roll everybody out there and know that you have a chance to threaten, and, uh, and that's what the Monsters have been doing. I think uh, the other thing, Calvin Pickard has, since he came back from the Colorado Avalanche, he's kind of become the number one guy, and uh, he's started the last five games for the Monsters. They didn't win last night, but he made 41 saves. He was brilliant over the weekend, stopping uh, stopping 33 of 36 in that overtime win over Texas on Saturday. He's been very, very good and uh, playing some of the best hockey that we've seen him play back in net in a while. And uh, again, he started the last five, and on the season so far, he's got over 30. He's had over uh, 30 saves in a game five times. So he's uh, he's seen a lot of pucks, which is nothing that he's not used to. He uh, when he was playing junior in the Western Hockey League for Seattle, he was the uh, the league's all-time leader in uh, in saves and minutes played. So he's no stranger to carrying a heavy load and seeing a lot of pucks. So um, you know, those are some of the things that have really started to, to turn around. Is the fact that. Uh, Calvin Pickard's gotten in there, become the number one guy, and really since that happened, since he got back from that little stint in the NHL, he's uh, he's really started to run with that role, and uh, and the power play is picking up, and you're seeing a lot of guys get on the score sheet. Uh, some guys who were a little bit uh, maybe getting on the score sheet less frequently early on than they would have liked to, but really starting to, to see their names pop up in the goal and assist column here over the course of the last couple of games. It's amazing how fast time flies, Doug, because it seems like we were just talking about it's the first couple of games of the season, and now here you're closing in on the first month, the first dozen games. Yeah, we're, we're actually going to have a sample size here pretty yeah. soon, about uh, about a seventh or uh, more than an eighth of the way through this thing. How about that? Right. I'm looking at it, and I'm going, that's a, a chunk now. You're starting to really be able to, to start to grab a grasp for things. And this weekend, uh, just one for them, as they've already played a game here last night. So 7.30, Utica at the queue, then nothing until a week from today when they go to Grand Rapids. couple of things as we wrap things up, Doug. Are you growing a mustache, too? Because I see the Monsters doing the Movember movement here this month, like many people. Are you growing a Doug Plagans mustache? You got the Mario? Uh, I, I am not, but I'm supporting those who do. I <laughs> I did the mustache one time, and I was I was just not a fan of having a mustache, to be honest with Didn't you. And uh, you, huh? but, but but I am but I am supporting the people who do have one. I, I just uh, I'm, I'm not a must. My my face doesn't really lend itself to a mustache. 
you know, I honestly, I had never had any intention of growing. I never wanted to be a guy with a mustache. I ended up with one on accident, and it's never left. I've had this thing for my entire adult life. Didn't want it. Don't know where it came from now. Can't imagine getting rid of it. I couldn't imagine what hey, I would You never know until you have one, right? Right, I guess. You, you know, but if I shave this thing off, I don't know what I'd look like. I'd be afraid to look. But, but uh, I, I do think it's something everybody should do at least once at some point, just to say you did and, <laughs> and to help out a good cause and to see what you look like with a mustache. I saw what I looked like with a mustache, and I don't want to do that to anybody ever again. Absolutely. Great point there. You know what? I had, I'm had. i glad I caught this. I had a question for you. Before we go, we were talking about the glass. Charles in the chat room wanted to know, did the AHL replace the corner of the team boxes with curved glass like the NHL? That uh, That is supposed to be, I think it's happening in some buildings, and I think it, uh, it's something that will be happening by next year everywhere um, in the AHL. So, for those who, who would, uh, you know, when I heard that, I was like, oh, the turnbuckle's going away. But, yeah, it does increase <laughs> the safety. It does increase the safety of uh, of the players because, you know, just a, just an end of glass with a pad on it isn't always going to do the job. No, that's for sure. All right, last question for you, Doug, because I just want you to explain it. What is National Try Hockey for Free Day? Because it's coming up November 8th. It is coming up. It's a chance. To, it's something that a lot of teams and a lot of hockey facilities and uh, a lot of people across America do to uh, to just uh, increase awareness of the sport of hockey and, and get people out to try it because it is a sport that involves a lot of equipment and it's an expensive sport to just go out and try. You know, the, the difference between yeah. hockey and, say, soccer or basketball or football is in those sports you just need a ball and, uh, and a mass of land and you can go out and you can... You can try the sport and see if you like it. Hockey, you need ice, you need a lot of gear, you need all kinds of stuff. You need sticks, you need pucks. But uh, there's there are opportunities. There are going to be opportunities a lot of places um, to go out and try hockey for free, and uh, and it would be something that uh, you can learn more online about. Uh, so be sure to be checking on that. All right, Monsters Utica at the Q Friday at seven thirty. Doug will call the action. You and I, we can catch up next Tuesday or whatever works for you, and we'll talk about it and set the stage for next week's Monsters action. Doug, sounds like a plan. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, as always. Thank, thanks for being here, my man, Doug Plagans, voice of the Lake Erie Monsters. He's all hopped up on caffeine. Man, he's been up since early morning, getting back in from the road trip. Game didn't end the way the Monsters hoped last night, but it's a uh, it's been an, it's, it's it's still early, but as we said, a sample size. Look at that, about a seventh and a half of the way through the season already. Just yesterday, we were previewing things, and we'll be doing that for the Cavs too. Before you know it, we'll be like, "What all star break already?" It's, it's, that's how it works. Speaking of the Cavs, let's take a break. Come right back and talk about them. Last night, tough one. They were the sleepwalking dead in Portland. We'll talk about it with Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland coming up next. Also, don't forget, after that, CSU Vikings men's basketball head coach Gary Waters just about 20 minutes away. We're talking some hoops for the rest of the sports fix today. Don't go anywhere. It's a special hump day, extra loaded edition of the fix. Coming up next, Talking Cavs with Eddie Jansen of More Than a Fan Cleveland on the fix. The Sports Fix, your choice for intelligent talk. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved it. That was great. 
the intelligent talk. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. These guys must be on the wrong station. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get them away. Hey, boo. Boo. The Sports Fix. It's The Sports Fix. We'll be right back. Football season is party season at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead. Everyone wins at Harry Buffalo. Every Saturday is Coors Light College Football Saturday with six dollar pitchers, four bottles for ten bucks, and the Buckeyes in full HD. Football season is most definitely party season, and your headquarters is Harry Buffalo North Olmstead all winter long. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. Sports Fix listeners, don't wait all week to join in on the fun. Follow the Sports Fix on Facebook. Follow the Sports Fix on Facebook. They love friends. It's just a click away. Exclusive contests, trivia, tickets, and giveaways from the hottest sports show in town. The Sports Fix. Become a friend and follow the Sports Fix on Facebook today. Hey, everybody. Listen up. Listen up, guys. Hey, guys. Listen Listen up. up. No one should ever hit a woman. Not their wife, not their girlfriend, not their date. No woman should have to fear violence, especially not from someone they know and trust. But that's the reality for too many women. We have to change it. It's up to each of us, because even one is too many. Violence against women hurts all of us. Growing up, I was ashamed and afraid of my father when he abused my mom. The worst abuse of power is when a man raises his hand to hurt a woman. We all have to take responsibility. So if you see someone threatening a woman, step up, speak out, and get help. Dating violence hurts all of us. So step up and help end it. Because one is too many. One is too many. One is too many. One is too many. End the violence. Because it's wrong. Because one, one is too many. Hey, you guys are rocking with Reggie Germany, former wide receiver of the Buffalo Bills and Ohio State Buckeye. You're rocking with the Sports Fix. Come on, Cavs. Gotta make it happen. Come on, Cavs. Gotta make it happen with your fast break. Last night, the Cavs did not make it happen. I figured I'd just come back with that. Welcome back to the Sports Fix. J-Rock back with you. They absolutely did not make it happen, Captain, last night in Portland. They had the fast break action going for the the first uh, for quarter-ish of the game, but uh, they most in- do not allow yourself to be fooled. In no way uh, did they make anything happen last night. That's not, to, that's not to go over and overstate anything about the season, but... Uh, once again, just for those that may have been confused, the Cavaliers indeed did not make anything happen last night in Portland. It was a tough one, and, and it was here's the thing, and we'll get into this in a minute with Eddie Jansen, but uh, looking at the passivity, and I understand, I understand the explanation, and there is something to it. As, as we, I was watching the game with a group of guys last night, and, and I even said, without hearing anything from LeBron or Coach Blatt or anything like that, I said, 
I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow uh, they tell you that a lot of this, because LeBron in the second half was standing around, but it wasn't just offensively, it was defensively too. That passivity was driving me nuts. And I get the psychology of we're going to teach these young guys that Superman's not going to save the day. Although, I'm just going to say, Michael Jordan and, and, and Phil Jackson didn't teach the Bulls that Superman wasn't going to save the day. He just saved the day every night. But that's a different argument. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Relax. But in all seriousness, I know that that's going to be uh, – that's, that's the explanation. I knew when I was watching it. And some of that does make sense because – these cats got to know the hell with turning around and looking. Where's LeBron? Should I pass it to LeBron? Should I watch the hell with that? Go play basketball, man. All of you cats can play basketball for a reason. So that being said, uh, I get that on offense. If you just want to go, okay, fine. You guys go do offense without me defensively. Ooh, man, defensively. It's driving me nuts. Maybe you're conserving energy. Clearly Sean Marion, who, who had a hard time dunking the basketball last night. Clearly, he's got two months or so to play himself into shape. I personally believe even LeBron's playing himself into shape. You can say what you want, but he didn't He didn't exactly, he didn't, like, you know, LeBron didn't put an inflatable uh, basketball court while he was filming his movie and practice every night like, you know, uh, Michael Jordan did during Space Jam. They spent $10,000 a day to air condition that thing. But anyways, I, I'm joking with the comparisons. But point being, when you got that much distractions on your time, that's just the way it is. And I truly believe watching him early, his lack of defense is is conserving energy, holding it in, not wanting it to be obvious because you want to be able to give something down the stretch. But that passivity last night was... Yeah, something to talk about here. And again, I understand the explanation, and I'll give credence to some of it because you do got to show these cats. And yes, in the chat room, you're right. The the black hole of offense that was Kyrie Irving began to come. But it wasn't just him. Where was the ball movement, period? It's like yesterday, in the especially in the second half, literally the Cavs' offense consisted of one pass, jump shot. One pass, jump shot. Kyrie, Dion, all of them, even Kevin Love, he was making his, but nobody met a jump shot they wouldn't take. There was an aversion to driving to the rim last night. I'm like, really? And then how about the Olay defense on Damian Lillard when he came down the hole in the third quarter and just unopposed? He didn't even have to use the joystick and make a little dribble move. He just went, zoop, dunk. Right in front of everybody, Kyrie just standing there looking at him. Let me tell you, that didn't make Coach Blatt or anybody else uh, happy with that last night. But I'm like, really? That's the level of defense we're playing? And I know that that is where part of LeBron's attitude came from last night, too. But, uh, you know, I, well, let's talk about that. I'm going to see what, what Eddie Jansen's got to say about this. Let's chime in with him. Eddie Jansen from more than a fan, Cleveland.com, talking some Cavs with us right now. Eddie, how you doing? Eddie, you there? I know you're there because I just pushed the button, but you're not talking to me. So I'm going to hang up on you and tell you to call me back. Eddie Jansen's going to have to call me back. I'll just keep talking until he does. Let me just text, call me back. I have no clue what in the world just happened. Anyways, the passivity. I get the explanation, as I was saying, but, you know, Part of me, part of me, and this is trying, I'm trying to avoid doing the, well, you just don't like LeBron thing. But part of me says, while you're talking about the challenge that everybody else has to live up to and what you want them to do, you, you still, I mean, I'm not that worried about winning a game. 
get let me get that. I totally understand that explanation of it. If standing around is going to cost you a game now and win you a championship later, I'm all about it, you know, but um Let's let's try this again. Let's see where Eddie Jansen's at with this whole thing. Eddie Jansen, more than a fan, Cleveland. He's here this time. I know he is. I went home and got him just now. Eddie, how you doing? <laughs> I guess it's going to be take two, Jerry. But I'm here and I'm doing well. And to be totally honest, not too overly concerned that the Cavs have lost two of three. I mean, it is a long West Coast road trip. They're going to have to adjust to you know, uh, just playing defense together and the different time zones and everything, but still would have liked to seen something a little bit better than what we saw last night with the passivity and uh, the turnovers on, on, on offense in the second half as well. You said playing defense together. I'd be happy if five guys tried individually to play defense at this point because there's that's one of the things that's driving me crazy the most. And what I noticed, and tell me that I'm not the only one here, is – the Cavaliers' laziness defensively has been causing them to cheat. Now they they fell in love with the double team. If you notice, the Cavs' defense consists of, I'm late covering my man. I'm going to cheat and get help. We're going to double team, double team, get caught with a man wide open. Teams don't even have to drive on the Cavs because they know if they swing two or three passes, the Cavs are going to over-rotate, over-rotate, wide open man for the jump shot. That's what they've been doing all three games so far this season is to make up for the lack of individual defense. They're cheating with the double team and then they're getting caught out of rotation and leaving guys wide open. Well, I'm with you on that, Jerry. I mean, that's exactly what I've seen so far. Uh, You know, you do have to give credit to Portland because the way that they play, they are a very unified team. I mean, Terry Stotts, Uh, Their head coach does have a pretty good formula for how to beat LeBron James' teams uh, because he was an assistant for Rick Carlisle back in his days in Dallas when the Mavs beat Miami Heat down in year one in the Big Three. So you you do have to to pay your dues to Portland, tip your hat, and, and, and move on to the next game. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, they still have a lot to learn defensively. And the one thing that concerns you is how will David Blatt preach defense going forward? You can, you can, you know, make an emphasis of it. You can make a point of it in practice. Say, okay, defense is important, but it comes down to the knickknacks and the specifics of what is your formula defensively, and that for David Blatt is going to have to unfold for this team pretty quickly in order for them to form some type of. A defensive identity, something that they just have not had um, really ever since LeBron's last season during his first stint. And you know what? Speaking of that, sets me up perfectly for where I wanted to go. And again, I'm... I've been careful so far, and I'm sure I'm going to go in this direction too much sometimes because people know I've got my own uh, opinions about LeBron and all of that stuff, separate from the issue of him playing with the Cavaliers. So I always try to be honest about stuff because I don't want to color my points of reference with just personal things that I don't like. But looking back at and, and I've already seen the narrative in several different uh, articles that I've read this morning about LeBron James and his new leadership style that people are talking about of standing around and letting guys 
mess everything up and basically watching it instead of trying to save the day, trying to take the leadership role and and, and win the games. And, and, and I get that concept to a point. But part of that also bothers me, to be honest with you, because as I said, only half jokingly before you joined me on the show, I don't exactly remember Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan sitting around and going, hey, the best way for us to win championships is to stand around and let everybody else do what they want. He won games for his team while getting his message across at the same time. I'm not the biggest fan of, you know what? I'm just going to stand around and let you guys do what you want, and when you want to do it my way, let me know. That also strikes me as a bit counterproductive as well, but apparently there's nobody else who thinks that's a bad idea, so that's the way the Cavs are going. Well, Jerry, and the thing that I've noticed, too, is that specifically in year three and four with the big three in Miami for LeBron James, the common theme amongst the media in terms of talking to LeBron and getting information from him was that his minutes were going down, his shot attempts were going down, but his points stayed the same. Now, we fast forward a a couple years later to year one and game one in stint two in Cleveland, LeBron played 43 minutes in the opening night game against the New York Knicks. David Blatt was asked about that after the game. He was asked about Mike Miller only having played three minutes in that game, and I think Sean Marion played something under 10, somewhere in the eight to nine minute range. So Blatt was asked about that, and he said, well, that's on me. You know, I, I got to get LeBron off the court when I need to get him off the court, and I need to get these other guys playing time when they need it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure if this was LeBron's intentions to have played this many minutes in the first couple of games, but, I, you know, you can't blame a young head coach and a relatively inexperienced head coach in the NBA like David Blatt for playing LeBron extra minutes specifically to the fact that his presence on the floor will draw a crowd. Uh, You know, even if LeBron is going to patrol the three-point line for an entire possession, for five or six possessions, he's still going to garner some interest from defenders. So you can understand that part. But if this is going to be a unified offense, really, you know, in most ideal possessions, all five players – are going to have to touch the ball in some way, shape, or form. And we're just not seeing enough of that from LeBron during his uh, lethargic possessions. And, and Jerry, I mean, Basketball 101 will also tell you that that has a carryover effect to the defensive end because it's hard to rear up those engines and get them going when they've been essentially, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, sitting around or lethargic for too long. So, you know, it it always gets more difficult to turn something on when it's off than to keep it on and keep it running, if that makes sense. And I think that's probably what's going on with LeBron and the Cavs right now. There just needs to be a better flow of uh, pieces coming in. And and in my honest opinion, Jerry, I think that's on the coach. I think that's on David Blatt. He's got to get his guys in when they need to play, and as tempting as it may be to play LeBron big minutes just to get a win, you know, him having played less minutes in Miami clearly helped them out 
think David Blatt may want to look into it a little bit. Right. It's not just the minutes, though. And I'm not, I don't, listen, I'm one of these guys, I get it. I don't need the cap play in 46, 48 minutes, but I'm not going to sit here and get mad that a third, I know he's got mileage, but he's 30 years old and he's an elite 30 year old athlete. I don't have a problem with him playing 40, 42 minutes a game. You can tell me that's too much. I say these are the same guys that want to play 66 games instead of 82. They want to cut the games down four minutes just because they want something easier. I, I disagree as far as I don't want to go. He doesn't need to play all four quarters, but I've got no problem with, with a guy playing that level of minutes. But that's not it. It's what he's doing while he's while he's in there. And again, I get the concept of if it costs us a few games early, I'm going to do it this way. But here's a question, and this is just a human psychology thing that I think of, and I know the answer because the answer is not fair. The answer is because he's LeBron James and you're not. But the question that I would say is if you're trying to teach young guys, if you're trying to teach guys with attitude issues and with responsibility issues, and that if you're trying to teach them certain lessons, what's the isn't it counterproductive to show them that when things aren't going the way LeBron thinks they should be, he's going to stand around and watch you screw up. So what's to change you from deciding when you're going to stand around? Now I know the difference. It is he's LeBron and you're not. And if you do it, we'll just replace you. And because he, you know, whatever, it's the straw that stirs the drink. We know how that goes. Point being though, is that I don't know that that's the best example either. Like I just, I'm more of a, if I'm a leader and if our team is struggling, even in the radio station, I'm rolling up my sleeves. And if I have to do three guys job to get us through today, and then we'll figure out how to make it easier tomorrow. That's what you do. And I'm of the belief that that's what a leader does to me foreign concept is leadership by, oh, you're not going to listen to me? Okay, I'm just going to stand around and watch you do it your way. Let me know when you're ready to do it my way because that's kind of what it feels like the Cavs and LeBron are trying to do in the early part of the season. They've said as much. They've said as much as that's LeBron's idea is stand back and you go do your dribbling around, and when you want to listen to me, come back and let me know. But that seems counterproductive at the same time. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm, I'm right with you there, Jerry. And I, I guess what you have to ask yourself is, does LeBron know what he has in this roster, in this entire Cavaliers team? Because no, I mean, there are two big sides to the coin on this, and this was the exact same way when he was debating, is he going to return to Miami or was he going to come back to Cleveland? Because one side of the coin says this Cavaliers team, even without Kevin Love at the time, was incredibly talented, young and talented, had a lot of first-round draft picks, had a lot of upside to it. But then you look at the other side and you say, well, they really haven't won much of anything in the four years that he wasn't there. It's an entirely new roster from last season. I mean, they have, I think it's four players from a year ago. It would be Irving uh, waiters uh, and Verajao, amongst others. So we saw that from LeBron in the preseason, where he was kind of. It wasn't really that he was lethargic. He was very. Uh, he's playing the observatory. He's just observing what these young players can do and what he has. You know, what kind of hand does he have uh, with this team? And it is a little bit concerning to see that he's still trying to figure that out. But then again, 
game, regular season is long. It's 82 games. Oh, yeah. It may take him 20, 25 games just to know what type of team he has, and hopefully by then he'll be able to kick it into full gear and galvanize the rest of these players offensively and defensively. I mean, again, and I, there's the word I see Vishon in the chat room, that word disinterested. To me, even if your intentions are pure and what you think you're doing is the right thing, when you are listless and disinterested for the entire second half, I've got to think, knowing what I know about the makeup of a guy like Dion Waiters internally, yeah, he'll do what you need him to do, but he'll he talks back. He'll he he's one of those guys that has no problem. I call it standing up for yourself more than being an antagonist. It's more of just feeling defensive about yourself. But I mean, that's easily a cause for well, wait a minute. Well, how come when that cat does it, it's he's teaching us a lesson? But if I if I stand around listlessly. There's rumors that I need to be traded, you know? And, of course, again, the answer is because he's LeBron and you're not, and that's unfair, and I hate that, but that's the star system of the NBA as we know and how that goes. But but absolutely, that's my thought there is is that just sets the bad. Even if your intentions are right, that sets the bad example. There's a way to do what they are trying to do because I get the concept of it without – doing the, well, I'm going to take my ball and go home until you're ready to play it my way. That is the part that I think is counterproductive. The concept and what they're doing, I love it because you got to teach them that that we're going to play this a certain way, but not that way. If that's the case, then just sit LeBron, but don't show him that it's okay to walk around on the court and just have your head in the clouds because you're not happy with the way the flow of the game's going. All right, tonight, as we, I've got Coach Waters here coming on in just a minute. Let's uh, focus, turn things here, continue in the trip. Let's put last night behind them. Cavaliers have to do the same thing tonight, 9 o'clock. They've got Utah here. What are you looking for out of tonight's game? Obviously hoping, much like last week, to see a bounce back in the second night of a back-to-back. Well, Jerry, I'm hoping for Blatt to really try to get everybody involved here. I would like to see the Cavaliers get out to a quick running start, uh, get some easy transition buckets with Irving James um, and Kevin Love. But again, um, you know, you usually, even good teams usually tend to struggle on a back-to-back, but I do think they got a little bit lucky that the schedule favors them this time heavily because it's the Utah Jazz and they were one of the worst teams in the East. But again, Cavaliers cannot take this lightly. And, and going back to the point before, Jerry, I think LeBron James still has a lot to prove in can he bring a title-contending team to Cleveland because he didn't do it before, and obviously he's still in the process of doing that here in his second stint with the Cavaliers. So hopefully LeBron will play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and so will the rest of the team after a pretty tough loss to Portland last night. Hopefully they get it right here tonight. I wouldn't, uh, again, go crazy either way, up or down, but I expect the Cavs to look better tonight defensively. Utah's given up nearly 111 points a game. Teams are shooting well over 50% against them here this season, so uh, this is a defense that's going to allow the Cavs to get out there and score some points, as we've seen. Uh, Cavs averaging, uh, what, 100 and, uh, or excuse me, they're giving up 
101 points a game. That's the problem. Utah scoring nearly 104. They can put the ball in the hole. But as you said, a good matchup here for the Cavs. One and three Jazz team and a chance for them to even their road record here and keep it moving down to the final swing of this. Uh, I expect offensively at least to see the Cavaliers with a good night tonight. Let's see what happens second night of the back-to-back. Cavs and the Jazz tip off a little bit earlier tonight. It's not quite late-night basketball, but I'll deal with it. 9 o'clock, Cavs and the Jazz. Eddie, have a good one. couple more Cavs games here. You and I will catch up next week, and we will see if the journey and where the journey has progressed uh, in the next week that was in Cavs basketball. Sounds like a plan to me, Jerry. Thanks. You got it. Thanks for being here. That's Eddie Jansen, more than a fan, Cleveland Cavaliers beat writer. Check him out, more than a fan, Cleveland.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, don't go anywhere. Stay on the hardwood. CSU Vikings men's basketball head coach Gary Waters hitting cleanup, baby, bringing it down the pipe. When we come back, Coach Waters going to check in on the verge of the tip-off of the Vikings season next week. We're talking to Coach Waters from the CSU Vikings coming up next here on The Fix. The Sports Fix. A shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. The Sports Fix. The young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in a world of criminals who operate above the law. The Fix is in. The Sports Fix will be right back. Hey guys, before we go to the break, I want to talk to you a little bit again about our good friends at Harry Buffalo North Olmsted, the UFC, the ultimate fighting championships, some of the hottest fights in the world today, each and every one of their huge events. Harry Buffalo is one of the few places in Northeast Ohio you can go there and watch each and every UFC fight at the Harry Buffalo. And let me tell you, I've been there. The people are out the door. They are to the rafters. It is one of the craziest environments for some UFC fights. Wing Mondays, they've got great deals on wings and drinks. And every day of the week, there's a different special, a different deal. And don't forget the Bison Burger, the unbelievable. It is the combination of a fantastic burger and eating healthy combined into one unbelievable size and burger while you're there. So whatever you're looking for, whatever day of the week, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sundays, there's something for you at the Harry Buffalo North Olmstead, just outside Great Northern Mall. Check them out today. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. Hi, this is Patrick Borlo from Cleveland Lake Green Monsters, and you're listening to the Sport Fix. Fantasy sports lovers, you put so much time, hard work, and effort into playing week to week that it quickly stops being a fantasy and starts getting real. And when the smoke clears, you want to show off those victories with a real prize. I mean, a really real prize. Nobody Nobody does does that that like like Fantasy Fantasy Jocks. Jocks. The crew over at Fantasy Jocks have beautiful, high-quality, and heavy-duty championship belts, rings, trophies, and so much more for all your fantasy sports needs. There's literally only one place to go. FantasyJocks.com Time out! 
Okay, guys, Summers really had his bell rung and could have a concussion. I'm pulling him out for the game. Rodriguez, you're in for Summers. Come on, coach. It's just a ding. I'll shake it off. Yeah, he's tough. Plus, we need to win this to make the playoffs. Listen, we're a team and we need to look out for each other. Concussions are serious. No game is more important than your health. Take concussions out of play. If you're a coach, know the warning signs and never let athletes return to play before a healthcare professional says it's okay. A message from CDC. The Sports Fix is now available every day on the world's largest internet radio service, iHeartRadio. Download the free iHeartRadio app, subscribe to the show, and get your fix. It's just an old ball, really. Nothing more. We grew with it and studied it. We owned it and shared it. We prayed they would hit it and miss it. they would catch it and drop it. We wanted it to bounce and fly, speed up and slow down. We prayed it would come to us and we wanted to give it away. We have watched it weather storms and bask in the sun. It's always right here in our hands. Cleveland Indians, established 1901. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck, home of the low price tire guarantee. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live across the Sports Fix Radio Network. J Rock back with you coming down the home stretch here. We've been live dodging the bullets today. I mean, every segment on this show has changed from 11.55 on. Moving live in the fire. I love it. What a way. We got through it. Great show. Thanks to everybody that's been with us so far. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland, Talking Cavaliers, Doug Plagans, the voice of the Lake Erie Monsters for being with us. And, of course, my man Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan in the first hour, talking Browns and Bengals and Buckeyes and Spartans, a lot of things going on. Guess what else is going on? You know who the man is. That's why I'm playing this. My next guest, saving the best for last, Coach Gary Waters. He was going to kick it off. Now he's going to bring it home, baby. Either way, Coach Gary Waters, head coach of the CSU Vikings men's basketball team. They tip it off. They've got an exhibition to start next week, and then they're playing some games that count as well. We're going to talk to Coach Waters here in just a second. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. Email us the sports fix at AOL.com. And you know, I we were talking Cavs there in the last segment. I want to get Coach Waters' thought on some of that too, man. Love talking hoops with him, not just Vikings. So let's do that. Go into the phones now. The head coach of the CSU Vikings men's basketball team, Coach Gary Waters. Welcome back to the sports fix, Coach. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm all right. How you doing today, Coach? I'm- 
doing great, doing great. Just trying to get things organized so we can, you know, continue on. <laughs> yeah, same here. I was glad we were able to make this work and get you on. And, you know, we'll, you know Vikings, obviously, we're going to talk about them here. You guys are getting ready to tip another season off. But I wanna, I'm going to steal a few minutes here and, and pick your brain a bit. Taking the coach uh, speak out of it, because, you know, you don't have to coach any of these young men, so you don't have to protect anybody's uh, egos or anything. But as a coach that's been through so many different things, you've, you've seen it all, been through all the different experiences. We were talking Cavaliers in the last segment, and nobody, at least I'm not, in any way panicked about the long-term picture of where I think these Cavs can go with this talent. But as a coach and as a guy that knows what all the different things that the Cavs are trying to do with young players and get them to go a different direction with their game, with a alpha male or multiple alpha males there that are used to certain ways, all the different things. And then you've got a a true superstar persona as well. All those different things that the Cavs are doing. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see the first few games of the season. Last night, uh, a tough loss there in Portland. But what are your thoughts on the the job of what they're trying to do, the realities of what the Cavs are trying to do? It's easy for people to say, well, you know, like a video game, let's drop these guys together and watch them, you know, win 82 games. But what are the realities of what you're seeing the Cavs try to do here early on? Well, it's just like whenever you you have any program and you're starting uh, fresh and and you're starting out to to put guys together that have not been together, it's going to take some time. It's a process. I give you an example. Uh, two three years ago, you may remember we had a we had what was called a down year. We were fourteen and something. I think fourteen and sixteen, and we were the youngest team in the United States. Okay, I mean, in yeah. college basketball. No one really realized that, and no one really paid any paid any attention or cared. Why? Because when they look at the, the scoreboard, they want to see you that you win. But when you've got all those young kids, you've got to bring a lot together. I mean, mentally, physically, all these things got to be put in order. And when you look at the Cavaliers, not only do they have all new faces seeing each other, they got new coaches. Uh, and they and 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 they got it, uh, probably what three new starters. I mean, I mean, I mean three or at least four four new faces in their top top ten players. That's a hard thing to deal with. And of course, we're watching that and the the magnification of the you know who the names are that are involved in there. Did you get a chance by any chance to see last night's game? Um, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it and see. And what they're trying, what they have to do is is not only bring together a young group that's trying to find each other, but they got to find out who they are. You know, are they are, and where are they? Where are they committed to? Are they committed on the defensive end? Got to make all those decisions, on, and those aren't easy decisions in the early going. You know, as the, as as you play many games and the process goes down, especially in the NBA, you know, in, in, in college basketball, you get to practice and work on this stuff. They don't get to spend a lot of time in practice, so they got to figure it out in games, and that's a hard thing, especially when you're playing veteran groups. And you know what? You've got the mix of guys, there some veterans here and some young guys. You, I'm sure, you've gotten a chance throughout the last few years to talk off and on with Norris Cole, with him going up to or going down to Miami and being a part of that experience there. Has he talked a bit about what his experiences were like 
uh, being a young guy learning with that bubble that is LeBron James, with the, the, the whole bubble that comes with him being the personality and this superstar outside of the game of basketball as well, what it's like to try to learn under that and what that experience was like because what this Cavaliers team is going through now with these guys that have been added to the team. Well, if you remember that Miami team in that first year, they didn't start off well. You know, they, I think they yeah. – yeah, I mean, and, and, so. and it took it took them a while to come together because they had to learn each other and to learn what their strengths and weaknesses were together, not in, in individually, but together. And the coach had to figure out what what is their identity. And once he figured all that out, now you've seen that team jailed, you know, at the midway point and on. And I think the Cavaliers will basically do the same thing. Uh, but there's one thing that has to happen when you're trying to bring a group of guys together especially a young group of guys that, I mean, or not, and that team is young. They're still not old. And and to figure these things out is sometimes you have to put your ego uh, behind somewhere and accept what it is, you know, if if you want to have success. Because if you remember that Miami team, Wade just say, hey, I'm going to give this to LeBron. This is you take it over. And, and that, that showed a lot of maturity. And that's what you have to do if you're going to have success at, at the rate you want it. And you know what? We brought up Norris Cole there. By the way, with things uh, changing now, LeBron coming up here, that left open a a whole different situation and scenario down there in Miami. I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to him recently into this season, but uh, he's doing, you know, grabbing the opportunity that's given to him here. Uh, uh, It's been fun to watch. As as difficult as it's been because of the Miami Heat aspect of it, to watch the growth of Norris Cole from what he did here for the Vikings, what he's done so far with the Heat over the last few years and then now really getting the chance to blossom as a starter and as a guy on his own and begin to forge his own legacy or whatever it will be in the NBA yes it is and he's been working hard at it but you know the one thing Norris knows that it's about team first and he and you know we preached it his high school teached it I mean I preached it I mean when you have all that hitting you you understand that I got to develop my whatever I develop for the team and and each time it goes and how long it goes then I'll develop what I personally have to develop but you know that's what they're going to have to do they're going to have to come together they're going to have to throw some egos away and say hey this is what's going on and they got to just work at it harder and harder what they're what they're becoming as their identity and 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 they have to figure that out and and it's a process though figuring that out don't happen overnight it takes days, and it may take weeks to figure that out. And, you know, there's a lot of people. Everybody plays, though, what they may finish and what maybe how high this thing ends. But you as a basketball coach, when you just look at the pieces that are on the Cavaliers, uh, when you go when they come together, obviously that's the – X factor in all of it, but what do you think when you look as a coach at the weapons that the Cavaliers have and the team that they have? How how would you uh, feel going into battle with that team? Do you like the upside of what they can be once oh, they yes, figure it definitely. out? I, I think their potential is unlimited, and but again, I'm gonna say they're gonna have to figure it out uh, because it's more than just the offensive side of the game of basketball. You gotta you gotta play that defensive end, and you gotta play it as hard. And in many cases, harder. So these are things that people are going to have to adjust to. They're going to have to adjust to the new coach's style, which, you know, uh, know, he's been coaching a long time, so he understands what it takes to be successful. They just have to figure all that out, and they have to come together as one. 
And that's something that you guys at the Vikings have been working on in your uh, preseason workouts. You've had a, a bit of time here, what, about six weeks or so of getting yourself ready for the regular season. And, of course, once you guys start playing, then you'll start that same process that you just described of actually finding out your team and what you've got. Uh, I know media day, since you and I talked, expectations relatively high for the Vikings picked uh, in the league to finish second here in the Horizon League. You talked about top to bottom, just a stronger league in general that the Vikings are going to have to deal with. Is there anything about your team in the limit of not having another team on the other side to to judge yourself against? What have you maybe learned or, or questions that you may have now about this team early on that you can't wait to get on the court and find out next week? Well, we got to figure out uh, with this team, uh, you know, how the the newer guys that are connected to us will fit in and and and, and contribute because that's important. Because we got about three or four guys that are were the mainstays from last year that are back again this year, and they know what their their expectations are and they know their roles. But now we got to add others, and they're new faces. They're not issues where you know a guy just played some last year, and now he's got a bigger responsibility. These guys haven't played. It's maybe about six of them haven't played at at at, at this at, at at in our program, and some at this level. So we got to bring them along slowly and, and hope that they. Fit into what we're doing. Well, the good thing about that is the flip side of that is the group that's going to be assimilating those guys. You've got a group that does have uh, a long uh, starting period together. You're bringing back 118 combined starts there, uh, best in the Horizon League. So you've got a group of maturity and familiarity playing with each other that will hopefully make that process that you just described easier, which I'm sure settles your head a bit at the idea of, of assimilating those guys into what you're doing. That's exactly right, but they also help me help with the younger guys. They help bring them along, and their leadership is going to be a key factor because you know they haven't been out on the floor, so they got to figure out how Cleveland State does it out on the floor and once they figure that out, and and they're and they're putting in the same energy and effort that the the guys of the past have, are doing, then now you got a team that can gel. Now you may have to play some games to figure that out. Similar to the Cavaliers, they have to play some games to figure out a lot of stuff, in which that'll come. I, you know, it's not even a doubt in my mind because with the with with the talent they have there and and the knowledge of LeBron being on the floor and and all the veterans they have connected there, they'll figure it out. It just takes time. And the, prob- the problem with at that level is you don't get to do it at practice. you got to <laughs> do it in the games. <laughs> and in the games, you know, you may take a step backwards before you go forward. And what as, as fans on the outside visualizing that, sometimes we're not as patient. But you have to be patient on this as a coach. I'm talking to you as a coach. If you're not patient, it's not going it's not going to uh, come together as quickly as you think. And if you're patient, it'll come. It'll come, and you and, and you got to just commit commit to each other and, and 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 not get frustrated with what's going on. You can't take the cake out of the oven and add eggs to it halfway through. you got to let the thing cook and then see what kind of cake you've got, you know. you. I've got a question because you're getting to the home stretch of the season starting. You're known for teams, teams that are aggressive defensively and teams that are in shape and you press a lot and all that, which means, uh, you know, you got to work them hard heading into the season. Where do you, and I'm sure you've learned over the years when you step over that line, uh, what is that, where do you find that balance of how hard do you work them 
to get into the season because you want him to be in better shape than the other guys across the floor from him, but not going across that line of working him too hard before the journey begins. Well, I think you got to work him hard because I think you can I know always, you do. <laughs> I, I don't think you can tone. I think you can always tone down, but you it's hard to tone up. So they got to understand how hard they got to work. And you know what ends up happening in our program? Our players look at the game as just uh, a formality, something that they've went through, and it's, it doesn't it doesn't compare to how hard they play at practice. So it becomes easier for them, and that's what I'm a believer in. And uh, now at the at the professional level, you can't do that because you know they they got so many games they got to play night in, day in, and so on. So they can't just go uh, gang bansters at practice and then play the game the next day. That's hard. That's extremely hard. In college, these are young leagues. They're young people. Yeah. And, 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 and you're sending messages. You're not only sending uh, game messages, you're sending life messages. So when you send these messages, you want them to understand that whatever you do, you work hard at it, and you, and you put all you have in it, and that helps them later on in their lives. But uh, in, in this early going, we got to make sure these guys are in the best shape. I pride our, our teams in being in better shape than most teams in the country. You know, we, we, you. we start the year out saying we're going to be the best shape team in the country. We don't just wait till the game starts and we start doing that. And I know that's true. And, you know, I bet, too, you can't wait till you hit, like, the beginning of the month of January because I'm guessing for coaches, and especially when you're trying to keep your guys in shape and game ready and primed, the, the tail end of November, December, that's tough. You're, you got the holidays for about six, eight weeks that keep people distracted. They've got <laughs> yeah, family yeah. issues. They've got commitments. They've got distractions and basketball. And Well, they I got the they, biggest thing because normally at that time comes the, the final exam. Exams, too. Exactly. You got the college part of it as well. And I know a lot of times you guys probably have to hit January and go, man, now we're just playing basketball. We just open road. It's like when you get out of the turnpike and you hit the open road now and you're like, now we can just focus on some basketball. I'm, I'm guessing that that's a that's a tricky time period for any coach because of so many distractions on top of what you're trying to do in the early part of the season. I would agree. I would agree. And uh and and when that January period hit, we can focus in stronger. And then we use it yet because at the beginning of January all the way into the mid-January that we have no school because our school doesn't start to about the 18th So uh, for the next semester. So we got 18 days in there. We can just practice, play, and, and do those things, and it gets you really focused. Uh, however, before that hits, you've got a lot to deal with. And as I'm saying, and, you know, we're using the same analogy with – with the Cavaliers, they got a lot to deal with in these early goings. And as time go on, they'll figure it out and, and it'll be a lot easier on them. And you guys do too. You're going to hit the ground running. Obviously, the exhibition is Monday with Malone. Then you go on the road to officially tip off the season a week from Friday with Iona. You guys have got Louisville coming up a couple weeks in in the early part of the season. That's an ESPN game. So some early national exposure for you guys. See if you're ready for the bright lights or not. So a definitely a hit the ground running type of first few weeks of the season for you guys. Oh, it is. And you know what? We've made a commitment to that to our program now we're not in the early going we're gonna play people you know we got marshall in that group we got yep. virginia we got uh vcu we got a lot of good teams we're playing and we're trying and, and we're playing not only to get better but to also figure ourselves out 
you know, what do we actually have? And I and I go back to the, the, the comment we made earlier about the Cavaliers. What they're doing is figuring themselves out and exactly what they have. And they'll figure it out. And I'm sure you guys will start that process, and you'll be figuring things out with Malone. Tip-off is 7 p.m. That's Monday the 10th. First chance for fans to get out there and check out First Look at the Vikings in their lone exhibition game. Are you a fan of that? Let's just get the real game started as soon as possible. No, I think you need that. I think you need that. Because, see, what you end up doing is you you, you have the potential to have two. We only play one because we play a scrimmage game with another high major or, 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 or bigger team. And because I want to see exactly where we are. And then we play this exhibition game so they can get some uh, experience and some play in front of fans so they'll know how it all goes instead of playing the first game in the, and, and it's a fright night. I don't want that to happen to them. <laughs> so, so that's what we do. We re- I really enjoy that because you get to play a lot of guys in those games as well so you can figure out what you have. And that's, that's very important to where you're trying to go. Oh, man, Coach, it's going to be fun watching where you guys try to go here this season and see if you get there. I know uh, schedules and stuff, it's it's tough during the season, but maybe we get around that Louisville game, we'll check back in with you and see where things are so far, and we'll, uh, you know, every couple weeks try to check in along the way as, the, as you guys do what you do, and we see how far it goes. Well, hey, I look forward to it. Let's let's keep this going because I think it's very good for you and very good for us. So hey, I, love I, I love the relationship. Thank you. Anytime I get a chance to talk hoops with you, that's why I said, "Hey, we got to talk a little Cavs here with the coach." I want to, <laughs> I want to, because I think it's great for people to hear a totally different perspective where you're coming from with no agenda. You don't have anybody you have to serve. You can you can lay it out there like it is. I love it. Thank you so much, Coach Waters, for joining okay. us. And good luck Monday and when the season starts next Friday. Okay. Take care of yourself, and I hope everything goes well. You too. We'll talk again soon, Coach. Bye bye. Coach Gary Waters from the CSU Vikings men's basketball program. Always a great time when Coach is with us. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. And, man, we did it. We got through it. I'll tell you what. we I'm not even joking when I tell you that every single segment of today's show moved. I feel like PBS. Every single segment of today's show was brought to you by Move to Another Part of the Program because that's the way it went. But we got through it, man. And we've got another we've got another off-kilter, helter-skelter kind of day coming tomorrow because Brown's playing tomorrow, which means we've got to shift gears, hit into preview mode. Jeff Gorman from Browns101.com. He's going to be with us tomorrow, giving you the scouting report for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we can't wait to talk to him. BSK, Kendall Lewis will be here. We'll get his thoughts on the Browns and the Bengals as well. Mike Brandenberry is normally with us on Thursdays. He's going to join us on Friday this week so we can spend a little bit more time talking with him. Can't wait for that. BJ Riddell, fantasy football for winners, also coming your way tomorrow. We've got the, hey man, it's a football kind of Thursday. And then Friday, we'll be doing the Monday thing, kind of, because we'll be recapping things. But it's all good. A lot of fun. Jonathan Knight will be here Friday after the game, which has the potential to be quite fun depending on what happens uh it's gonna be a lot of fun tomorrow though another loaded one thanks first off to everybody for being with us here today thank you know what i haven't to be honest with you i don't know what i don't know if ryan ruiz is gonna bring us the three dog bones to victory or 
talk about the game afterwards. I have to see uh, if Ryan's, what his availability is, what my ability to, to move things around is. I'm not sure. Ryan Ruiz will be here either Thursday or Friday. <laughs> Just not sure which one. It'll either be the three dog bones to victory or the three dog bones that happened and did they win? I don't know, but here's the three keys to the game. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Good call over there, Bruce. Guys, first off, thanks to everybody that was with us today. You guys. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland. Coach Gary Waters from the CSU Vikings. Thanks to CSU, as always, for working with us. And thanks to the Monsters and Doug Plagans for being with us here. Tomorrow, you already heard what's coming. Big day coming your way, guys. Fun show today, man. A lot of uh, a lot of great stuff today. Can't wait to uh, come back here and do it tomorrow, of course. Don't be remiss if we didn't mention... And we'll get more into this tomorrow as well. I wanted to talk about Ray Rice and his hearings, which started today. They'll continue tomorrow. I Think about it. A few weeks from now, Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, they'll be playing football against somebody. And then, of course, it'll be the feel-good story that the Patriots are going to rehab Ray Rice or something. And uh, anyways, we know how that narrative will go. But we'll talk about some of that stuff tomorrow as well. Uh, A-Rod, you know what? Real quick, I'll just mention this if you haven't seen it because I'm sure it's going to blow up across the – all the headlines here over the next 24 hours, so we can talk about this a bit more uh, with Mike Brandenberry here later on in the week. But uh, the guy who continues publicly to deny everything, uh, clearly there's some people that don't like A-Rod. Of course, most people don't. Miami Herald has dug out some more paperwork from the investigation of the DEA into A-Rod that led to his 200-plus game suspension that was reduced to 162 games, the one that he's just now able to come back from, where he has admitted in meetings with the DEA, he's on paper, documented as admitting his usage of HGH, of the gummy bears filled with testosterone, the cream and the clear and all of that stuff. And uh, But it's the first time... Uh, that people have documents showing him admitting this stuff that if you asked him right now, he'll look you in the eye and tell you he never did. I mean, because, you know, everybody pays a million dollars to ask somebody not to talk about the thing that I didn't do. So there it is. We'll talk more about that with Mike Brandenberry. You guys know I can end up going on for an hour without stopping about the uh, PED stuff. But, yeah, shock to the world. Shock to the world, everybody. Apparently, A-Rod admitted that he used steroids. All right, guys. We're going to call it a day tonight. Cavaliers got a late night, 9 p.m. tip-off. Cavs in the Jazz. We'll talk about that tomorrow. BSK Kendall Lewis is here. We'll get you set for Browns and Bengals. Jeff Gorman from Browns101.com is here. BJ Riddell, fantasy football for winners. Let's do it. Same bad time, same bad channel, live at noon right here on the Sports Fix. We love you, Cleveland. Hey, if you enjoyed today's show, if you like the fact that in the same day you could talk about the Browns, the Cavs, the Indians, the Monsters, and the Vikings, and all the other stuff that's going on too, I know, shocking, but it can be done. If you like that, then tell somebody else to listen to the show. Share the file of what we do today and uh, save a sports talk life tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. We love you, Cleveland. We'll see you tomorrow. Right here on the fix. You can even go to Severance Hall to see an orchestra. Hey.